0: Welcome to the Brian P. Swift All Things Inspirational Show. Brian is a best selling author, keynote speaker, and success coach. Are you ready to move your vision forward and be inspired every Wednesday, a little afternoon? Here is your host, Brian P. Swift. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quadfather. All Things Inspirational Show. Yes, I am the Quadfather, and what a beautiful day it is out. So grab your lunch, go outside, get a walk in, or just enjoy the vitamins that you get from the sun. I'm glad to be where I'm at, but I'm excited to get outdoors after the show. And as usual, you will see me if you're around the hood, see me out either doing a little pushing or a little woodworking or a little exercise. And so add those things to your day. If you haven't, as usual, I start off with a quote. Today's quote, a fresh start is not a place, it's a mindset. Keep that in mind. You can have a fresh start every morning if you decide that's the way you want to start your day. There is nothing stopping you from having a new mindset every morning and just keep improving on that mindset little by little by little. And you will get where you want to get to. Not that you won't get scathed and fall and trip and and whatnot, but if you have that mindset, it will help you succeed and move forward. So next, I want to talk about a, a little motivational story. I did one last week, and I received some very nice responses from people. So I've said this before, if there is a topic you'd like talked about, please reach out to me at bswift62 at aol.com. If there is something that you're interested in, a topic, anything inspirational, anything in any way, please shoot me a note. I love to hear from people listening. And thank you for those who do come respond either uh, by a phone call or via email. I appreciate it. So the motivation story today is kind of about making decisions. You know, choices and the decisions we make are probably one of the greatest gifts we've been given, this opportunity to choose. So a uh, this is how it goes. A hungry, I'm going to call it a mule, finds himself between two equally large and delicious looking bales of hay. He looks from one to the other and back again, unsure which one to choose. And he keeps looking back and forth and back and forth. They both look good, they're both large. So this goes on for a long while until, until he's unable to make a decision. And this poor mule who's getting older and older as he keeps looking back and forth dies of starvation. So what is the moral of the story? Once again, take action. It's all about action, right? Don't linger too long on the precept of a big or small decision when the outcomes are positive, right? Either bail he would have chose would have been the right one. Don't get caught up. And maybe also it could come down to greed, not in the mule's mind, but he waited too long to make a decision. Save yourself the headaches. Take a leap of faith. Commit and enjoy whatever rewards that come your way. So we refuse to look back at what it could have been. Maybe the one bail was a little bigger than he thought, but you can't go back. All we could do is go forward. That's why the rearview mirror is so small compared to the windshield, because we want to know what's ahead of us, not so much what's behind it, as long as we have learned from it. And we ha- next, I want to talk about a great sponsor we have, CD&Me. Uh, obviously, St. Patty's Day tomorrow. So there's a lot going on out there. So everybody enjoy yourselves because everybody's Irish tomorrow. Have a great day. Behave and uh, celebrate. At CD&Me, which is in Frankfurt, they're having a big event with the House of Gaga and... The Majesty of Queen, a tribute to these two groups, bands, people uh, at CDME. The doors open at 6.30 p.m. Show starts at 8. Uh, food and drink available. And you can buy tickets online. So check them out. And I know on the 24th of this month, they have Howl at the Moon, which is dueling piano. So they have been uh, amazing sponsors, not just for me. But also for Swift Outdoor Accessible Recreation, our 501c3 nonprofit that helps people with disabilities get back outdoors. So keep that in mind if you're looking for something to do. There's stuff going on all over the South Southwest burbs, which is always awesome. So enjoy yourself on St. Patty's Day. If you're a business or an entrepreneur and would like to sponsor this show that it's been around for, the station's been around for 90 years, I believe. Reach out to me. Again, Swift 62 at AL.com. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, also under Brian Swift. And you're going to hear an amazing guest very shortly. Uh, his background is, I, I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into it, but he is a local man. He served, and in, in, in his not just his service that makes him amazing, but what he does every day, how he inspires, and how he lives by example. I'm, I'm excited to, I'll be excited to introduce him um, right after a word from our sponsors. But I'm going to get our sponsors on. Again, they're, they're all such amazing businesses and people. If you ever need their services, I would tell you to reach out to them. So a word from our sponsors, and then we will be back. Welcome back. We are excited. Our guest is waiting for us on the line. Yes, this is Brian P. Swift, a.k.a. The Quadfather. And let me bring our guest on and introduce you to him. Michael Mendoza, how are you? Hey, Brian, I'm good, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Mendoza. He is uh, an amazing man who's accomplished so many amazing things, and I know he doesn't like to hear me talk about it, but uh, his stories, his life uh, has been amazing. More importantly, the way he, he lives every day, and a family man, a man that is there for his brothers that he served with, for his neighborhood, for his community, and uh, does so much with his kids, which uh, I love to see. So look up Michael Mendoza. Michael, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, your your past is amazing. I look forward to what your future is going to bring. Uh, and I hope you don't mind me talking about some of it besides uh, the marathons that you do going to, you know, from the biggest ones of the Boston Marathon to, you know, being... Considered an all-world athlete, correct?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm considered, I guess, uh, and uh, an, I guess an ultra uh, endurance. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess an all-world athlete. I, I've had uh, at one time been considered, uh, I guess, an all-American, all-world athlete with uh, Ironman as a as an Ironman triathlete competitor.
0: So wait, and as humbly as you say that, you're not, you didn't do a Ironman. You broke. I believe, the Guinness World Book of Records by doing 26 Ironman races in a season. Is that right?
1: Are those Uh, Yeah, you're correct. You're on the right path. Uh, So I got the record for the most 70.3 Ironmans completed in a year. Um, I did, I think, what was it? Uh, I did 26. I recorded 24 of those, even though I did two extra. And I also did two marathons, uh, full-distance marathons, uh, in under eight months, so I actually broke the record in under eight months. Wow!
0: So, you're, when you say I'm, I, I, you know, I'm considered an Ironman. That's that's not just an Ironman. I mean, wh- what type of mindset do you have to have to decide to do twenty four, twenty six, plus two other ones? I mean, what do you do mentally to get yourself ready?
1: Uh, well, you be sick in the head first um, <laughs> and not right. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I'll tell you the truth I don't know i think it's it's not something you just wake up and do it's uh it's something that's instilled in, uh, in in a lot of us, not just myself but it's something that we you know we train ourselves physically mentally and emotionally a lot of people forget that you know a lot of things that we do I don't care if it's a sport I don't care if it's your, your, your if you're a family person I don't care if it's uh, your career uh it goes a long way uh and you you have to keep that in mind so that uh, emotion is a, uh, be, being emotional, you know, is a drive. So when it came to that, when it came, to, when it comes to like races, when it comes to completing uh, a lot of these tasks that I do, um, I try to be mission driven, not emotional driven. So I actually remove a lot of my emotions. So I may sound cold hearted sometimes. I may sound like I'm dead inside, and, and that be the, and that might be the case at the moment because. You know, I like to put myself on a mission, uh, and that's the way, I, you know, I've always uh, attacked things in life. I don't care if it's, you know, me being in the military, it's, I, I retired out of the military, uh, to being a family man, to in a coach, uh, to being an athlete myself, even certain currently, or if it's just small things around the house. Like, if I got to do laundry, I got to make sure I'm not going to be a procrastinator and say, you know what, I'll do it at noon. I'm going to do it at 4 o'clock. I'm going to make myself and have a mission. Like, you know what, I'm going to get this laundry done at about 10 a.m.,
0: so you attack everything I mean you go into full uh, attack like yeah. a, like a, basically in attack mode, and when you say you you attack it non emotionally man I get that but uh, this is I, I know how much you 're a family man, and this has to pull this have had to have pulled a lot of time away from your family how'd you deal with that
1: uh well i 've been gone my entire ever since I turned eighteen years old i 've always been coming and going um so i would say the average person can't and probably wouldn't sustain i guess uh the culture that i have uh i guess you would say from the beginning you know as soon as i joined the marine corps i enlisted in the marine corps um my wife which actually i'll be coming up on 20 years this july we've been together uh 25 26 years uh but we've been married 20 years um so my wife's been with me, you know, throughout my whole Marine Corps career. She's been with me, you know, through all the ups and downs. When I say the ups, I'm talking about whether it's awards, whether it's graduations. And when I say the downs, I'm talking about my deployments, uh, my injuries, my uh, my hard times of, you know, uh, she's seen me fail. She's seen me succeed. Um, so it's not one of those things where, you know, you just get in a relationship with somebody who's in the military and they are like, oh, fine and dandy. She's seen it from me leaving to go to boot camp, to coming home, to my deployments, uh, for staying home for quite a a bit of time as well, Um, to include my my son and my daughter. They've seen me come and go. So even after I retired out of the Marine Corps, I became a a contractor with the state department and those routines aren't easy as well i mean i'm gone three months at a time home a month sometimes i'm gone two months home two months sometimes i'm gone seven months i'm home only one month or sometimes i'm home an entire year and then i'm gone for a couple months so it's very irregular so i guess it's 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 it's, like i said i'm very sick minded but my my kids understand that my wife understands
0: that so i shouldn't Um, take it personal when you dodge my calls I it's I may not even be <laughs> getting them. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, you know that. Um, yeah. and, and not that I'm done with this topic, but uh, before I move on, I, I have to say thank you for your service. And your service wasn't just you doing time or, or being based somewhere, because your service involved a, a mission in, in 2004, a, a mission of U.S. Marines that got ambushed. Well, on an operation near Fallujah uh, in Iraq, right, and you fought—you fought a onslaught of a firefight, making the first reconnaissance battalion, Bravo Company, second platoon, one of the most decorated platoons for heroism in a single action of war on terror. Correct.
1: Yeah, at the time, uh, it was the biggest. Uh, uh, I guess one of the biggest engagements uh, the United States has seen since, since Vietnam. That's that's what made it so significant, um, especially the size element we're going up against. Um, our platoon uh, was made up of twenty five guys. The the initial uh, assault, the initial attack of the ambush. I mean, we lost five guys in the first. And when I say we lost five guys, that's for the first RPG fired. Uh, so now we're down to 20 guys, and then within within minutes, you know, we have a few other we have a few other Marines that get injured. Uh, uh, a buddy of mine, Tony, you know, around went right through his leg, and you know, he just pretty much ripped off his leg. Um, and then we we had, we had uh, other injuries as well. So we're down to only, probably at the time, we're probably down to like oh, 15, 16, 17 guys that were, uh, um
0: Right and being taken off guard initially, losing five five highly equipped Marines, I mean, is not just a numbers game. It's an emotional game. It's not just an emotional game. It's a mind game. And I know, despite being trained for that, it still plays on you. I mean, is it true you run into a firefight? I have heard that. Uh,
1: it depends. It's situation dependent. a situation. Uh, it it depends on what's actually happening around. And I hate to say this, but, you know, I've been in quite a few gunfights. The more gunfights you get into, uh, the better you are. And and I I don't want to make it sound cold, but you are. I mean, you know the sound of a a round that's incoming. You know the sound of a round that's outgoing. Uh, You're able to shoot, move, and communicate much easier The more firefights you get into, it's kind of like getting a fistfight. You know, the the first time you ever get hit, get punched in the nose. (laughs) You know, you might see stars, you might see something, or whatever it is. But the more, the more you get punched in the nose, you're kind of used to it. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, And then, uh, I guess you're saying, kind of emotionally, yes and no. uh, During that, uh, uh, during during the 2004, I've been in a a few ambushes, but the one that you're talking about in 2004. um, I remember hearing on the radio, you know, we lost five guys, and it's kind of one of those things. Like, well, you just got to move on forward, and, and you know, those are, are good, those are good buddies of mine, good friends of ours, Um and you know, I'm close to those guys, and I am own family members. Um So once you hear that, you're, it's, it's one of those things you just got to swallow. And if you're going to mourn, you mourn at a different time. You don't mourn uh at the moment, uh, otherwise, you yourself may become uh a casualty.
0: Wow, and you're right. It is amazing. Despite all the training, you can't prevent your mind from thinking a certain way. You can't prevent well, emotions. Well, training, from... yeah, you you, you kind of
1: can. We play a lot gotcha. of what if
0: games, and right.
1: to, um, and I don't want to say I don't want I don't want to put myself in a different position. But, you know. In the Marine Corps, you know, I was a reconnaissance Marine. I'm a sniper. Uh, I've been through MARSOC. I've been through MSOB, which is you know, a lot of special schools, uh, specialty schools, which are special operation commands. Uh, uh, I've been through, you know, die school, drum school. You know, you, you go through all these, you, you know, schools, right. and it's, it's 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 not for – it, they're not easy, especially combatant die school. I mean, they beat the shit out of you there. <laughs> I mean, they beat you so that you're going to die. I mean, Technically, I mean, you go through dive school, I mean, you, you can die in the water if you're not cool, calm, and collected with all with anything that can happen. If, if the minute you face any kind of adversity uh, and all you do is freak out, you're going to kill yourself. So, yeah, you got to learn how to be calm. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Eddie, you know, I think in one of the documentaries you, you may have even seen, I don't know if he did or didn't, I remember he saw his, both his arms get blown off. The first thing he does is wow. he tells himself in the head i gotta i gotta i gotta calm down or I'm gonna go in shock That's one of the biggest things uh that you know we 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 try to tell ourselves we try to talk to ourselves because we do play these war games we play these war games uh we do different types of ambushes counter ambushes et cetera. Um, even myself, I got hit with a grenade uh, in, a, in, a, in a different year, in 2006. Uh, I remember that grenade hit me in the chest. I mean, it just ripped open my chest. It, you know, I had shrapnel going through both my lungs, rip, uh, ruptured my diaphragm. Uh, my small intestines had to be uh, repaired because I were actually removed and repaired. Uh, my stomach was repaired. Um, I basically had a, a lot of internal injuries, and I remember bleeding out. No, not ble- I remember bleeding and I remember t- thinking to myself, "Wow, I remember my captain. He got shot in the chest um, and I thought to myself for a second, I was like, Well, I got hit in almost one of the exact same place that Brent was hit, and he died. I was like, but I was trying to tell myself, well, if I calm down if i if I control my breathing, I won't lose as much blood as fast Wow. uh and not saying that you know that saved my life or will save somebody else's life because you know if you have a if you have a an injury that just you know just just life-threatening you're gonna die you're not gonna die but you know i didn't freak out is what i'm saying is when i got injured i just didn't freak out i could have freaked out and i could have had more blood loss than i should have um and not only that i you know i had you know uh had metal pieces of shrapnel from a grenade hit both my lungs i was having trouble breathing if i didn't call myself down i could have probably passed out um but i didn't pass out on the emergency onto uh, the er table uh but um No, I think it's, you're in an uncontrolled environment, but you can kind of control your actions. And when we're in a training, when we're in a training environment, that's a controlled environment with chaos. Eventually you're going to be in an uncontrolled environment with chaos. So how you, how you train is kind of how you're going to fight. When we face any kind of adversity, any kind of back, whether it's, you know, whether it's, like I said, overseas in the military, uh, if you're if you're combat arms, or if you're a family man, if you're a businessman, any anytime kind of, you face any kind of reverse, you're going to fall back on what you know. And if you fall back on your training, such as knowing how to communicate and knowing how to stay calm, knowing how to, you know, basically be a, a normal person rather than freaking out. You know, you're gonna be better off. Same thing as being a businessman. If you don't have your, if you don't meet your deadlines in time, and all you do is freak out. You're never gonna hit that deadline. Same thing with the, you know, being a father and a husband. If something gets me upset at home, if all I do is freak out, then I'm gonna end up being right. divorced. I'm gonna probably be a, you know, a single dad or whatever yep. it is. But if I know how to calm myself down, you know, that, that's it, it makes you for a better person.
0: So basically, the Marine Corps punches you in the nose and. In the hundreds of thousands of ways. So you're not surprised when it happens in an uncontrolled environment. And
1: uh, I, always, I always expect to be punched in the, in the, in the face. How about that? <laughs> well, it, so it is I, definitely. My wife the my wife, too. My wife, my wife, she's like, Mike, you always. You always think of the worst-case scenario. I was like, well, I do. I always think of the worst-case scenario. Whether we're driving down the street, I'm always looking for, you know, yahoos that are driving erratic or whatever. Because yeah. I'm always thinking of the worst-case scenario so I can always be prepared. And if nothing happens, you know, I'm ecstatic, I'm happy, uh, or whatever it is. I, at least something bad didn't happen. but I'm all prepared.
0: Uh, I can only imagine. But you, and you don't do anything 99%. You're, you're like 200% in everything you do. Uh, right, I mean, yeah, even with your kids. People,
1: yeah, yeah. A lot of people tell me I'm pretty intense, and uh, I used. To, I'm, I'm now a coach at Mount Carmel, but before that, I was a coach at Lincoln Way Central uh, as a under at the wrestling program. And I remember one one wrestler. His name was Arena. He comes he up. He's Coach Mendoza, He's like, I see why you are the way you are after you found out my background. And well, basically because I try not to allow any errors. And basically. You know, a lot of times in wrestling, you know, there's stance motion, you know, there's your positioning, you know, everything that you do in practice is how you're going to, you know, uh, execute in a match. So every time I put his hands on his knees or whatever, I was like, I would slap his hands out of his knees. I was like, hey, hands are always up because, you know, (laughs) three lines of defense in wrestling, which is your head, your hands and your hips. You know, if your hands are down, you just go in one of your lines of defense with your defense. And, uh... So he's like, Mr. Mendoza, I see why you are the way you are. He's like, you know, you, you know, you're a Marine Sniper, you're Marine Recon, you know, you know special operations, you know. Uh he's like, and you don't allow any error, and I love how you do that with us in the wrestling room. So Raina really brought that, that to my attention as well one time. And it's awesome. Said, I see I see, Yeah, he's like, I see why you are the way you are, is because of your background.
0: Now, which re- I coached Danny. Was it Danny or his brother?
1: Uh on, Raina?
0: Yeah, was his last name Marine did you say yeah? No,
1: Rayna r a r a y n a Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, R A Y N A.
0: Awesome, awesome, and something you're probably used to, and I call it self-imposed discomfort because what I'll do is, and some people think I'm nuts, so I'm used to riding in my wheelchair, say four to five miles, right? I mean, I know I can do that comfortably uh, with very with not a ton of mental stress and physical pain. So what I'll do is I will ride one. So which means I could ride two, two and a half miles one way. And then I know I could turn around and get back home without too many problems. So what I'll do is I'll ride four or five miles one way, knowing that it is going to be difficult to get back home. And I call it self-imposed discomfort. I look at it as the same way as lifting weights, the weight room, you know, if the coach wants you to do you know, eight. You got to push yourself to do ten. You know, ten reps, twelve reps, fourteen reps. What do you? I'm assuming that, and, and I haven't served like you, but I'm, I'm assuming self-imposed discomfort is such a big part of your life.
1: Um, I guess so. I mean, uh, you always got to get comfortable with nothing, all right?
0: Right. Well, somebody who who understands and expects to be punched in the nose, I I, I would think. Ha, has that type of mindset of, uh, you know, maybe it's more preparing for the worst and hoping for hoping for the best. But yeah, you, I, yeah, I agree. And you know, I agree. Yeah, you. you're always prepared.
1: Uh, yeah, you can never really ready. You can only be prepared to, if you want to think about that. You know, that's a good point. Uh, I, I don't like when people say, "Oh, I'm ready." I was like, "Well, nobody, nobody's ever really ready because you really don't know what's coming." Um, you can always, always be prepared. You know, just like I kind of always get on staff, my son with his exams. He's like, you know, he's like, you know, I prepared as much as possible. I was like, it's great. That's all I want to hear. Or that's what I want to understand is that at least you prepared. Right. Um, because nobody's ever really, really 100% ready. Oh, that's that.
0: Those are, those are interesting words. I, I, and it's true. And there's a difference, right. Between being prepared and being ready. Um, because we yes, really sir. don't know ultimately, the questions that are going to be asked on that exam or that insurgence that pops up and starts, uh, you know, starts lobbying, whether it's grenade or mortars or whatever they, they throw at you, you really never know that end of it. No, now, you never know. And so, you, you're, yeah. you're always prepared because we happen to meet by happenstance, correct, on a hunting trip. That yeah, down at Carbondale. You're right. That, that there's a organization that does amazing things with people with disabilities. And there's everybody everybody that, you know, from quads like myself to veterans like yourself to, I and I know you're familiar with the, the gentleman who is sighted and can't see that happens to get a darn deer every year um, down there that hunts with his daughter and, and amputees and everything. And we happen to meet a weekend down there. And uh, I, I watch you, I mean, you've got your meals prepared. You've got your son's meals prepared. He's eating, I mean, you are, you're you're like on a clock. Everything, Like you said, everything you do has been thought out.
1: It's uh, yeah, and, and it's never enough, too, for me, though. <laughs> like, I'm always <laughs> like, oh, I should have did that. I should have did that. Or I forgot this. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if you're never ready, you'll be prepared. So, like, oh, I forgot this, you know. But
0: um, So, let me ask you this. Coming, coming home. What what was probably the most difficult thing for you to adjust to after coming coming home and and putting your Marine Corps, I guess, career somewhat behind you? What was the toughest adjustment for you?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, I guess it was just a lot slower pace. So that's why I always I'm always like, you know, not just be on time, but I'm always trying to stay busy. Um not to show up because if you show up too early and you're going to you're gonna have bedtime and someone at bedtime could be very useful somewhere else, you know, everybody always probably 10 or 15 minutes prior early, which I agree. But also, you know, um, for me coming home, I would say it was uh, uh, probably just things were too slow. Um, and a lot of things that frustrate me is uh, structure. When I don't see a structure in place, that really drives me crazy. Um, uh, structure... People succeed with structure. Uh, People get a lot of things done with structure. Um, uh, Teens, schools, work, uh, family, friendships, you name it. If there's structure in place, uh, you know, kind of eliminate, you know, I guess anything bad happening. And then coming home, like I said, too slow, and a lot of things are unstructured. Uh, Interesting. you gotta adjust to or yeah um yeah you know whether it's timelines uh it's getting things done um uh whatever it is preparing for stuff whatever is a structure and that's why i love coaching uh that's why i love still still competing and you know uh you know running cycling swimming uh some other races that i do all that has structure i'm not talking about the race itself but the training has structure. So when I sit down and I write a, I write a plan out for myself that's, you know, 8 weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, whatever it is, that in itself is I'm building a, I'm building a structure and then every single day I know I got to either run, I got to swim, I got to stretch, I got to do strength uh, or whatever it is, and then after that, I was like, "Oh, you know what else I got to do? I got to coach. So what? Are gonna, what do I have planned out for some of the wrestlers? You know, when it comes to strength and conditioning, are, are we going to be, you know, uh, lifting for ten minutes or straight? So I build I, everything with that is also structured.
0: So gotcha. No, and so. and let's be honest, We have to be structured to accomplish all the things we want to accomplish not just structured but disciplined yeah. which you are extremely structured and disciplined with.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you right now some people, you know, don't want that and it drives me crazy. I mean, you uh, know, uh, there's some coaches, some great coaches, you know, the f- phenomenal technicians, but they're not great at, you know, managing
0: it time management and yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, nope. just like, or communication, you know, communicating with their their own athletes, let alone, let alone the parents. Because, you know, kids these days, you tell a child to do something, <laughs> and they they know about it, but they're not going to go home and tell the parents, hey, we have pictures at this time. Well, why didn't you tell me? Why are you telling me the day of? How long have you known? Oh, I've known for about a week. I was like, why didn't you tell me the, the moment oh, yeah. you found out?
0: Or their projects <laughs> that's, you know, their projects that that's due on Monday. And they tell you about it like yeah. Saturday night at about nine o'clock that they need something. Oh, I need poster yeah. board and, uh, p- paint and this, uh, when's it to Monday when they tell you about it last month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I can't yeah, imagine doing I that know. to my dad. Uh, it wouldn't have been a, pr- it wouldn't have been pretty. Well, I'll tell
1: you what, I think the reason I am the way I am, um, and the reason I, I become the person who who I am is because I actually did not have a structure in my life, in my in my household growing up. Gotcha. Uh, I grew up in the city, and then, you know, my parents got divorced, et cetera. And then I moved to the suburbs. But, you know, I, I've always done sports my entire life. Um, you know, I, I've always ran and I've always wrestled my entire life. Um, but I remember my mom was very, you know unstructured, uh, she never really, I'm not trying to talk bad about it, that's just who she was, she's no. very free-spirited, so to say. Um, she was like, oh, you got to see any your test, tape, good job. Whereas, you know, that's because I didn't study. Well, why yeah. wasn't somebody on my case? Why wasn't right. somebody telling me what I need to do to get either B or A? Um, or, you know, I was trying to find ways to make practice on time or find ways to get home. Otherwise, I'm walking, you know, four right. or five miles to get home. And sometimes I would do that. So now as I'm, as I'm older as I got gotten older I'm, I'm so glad that I was taught those bad lessons in life those wrong lessons of life so that I can do right for you know my son my daughter and my wife you know my wife's very sure too um, but you know I don't want to be the way my mom was I don't want to be how my stepdad was which is it's not a bad thing it's just no, but there's a
0: and we all want our kids yeah. to be a better version of us to some degree. And as I tell my kids, you can learn things from good people, and you can learn things not to do, too. You should always, you should always be learning. You know, you could learn from bad examples. You could learn from good examples. Just keep learning. Yep, I agree. Well, Michael, you also are going to be in my next book. I know that... We had talked about this a while ago. Uh, you gave me your definition of grit and and I can't imagine getting a definition from a grittier man than yourself uh what you do every day, and I know how involved you are uh, your service to our our great nation um, getting blown up um, you know i mean not not a lot of people are around telling that story of getting blown up, and uh for some reason, obviously you you made it through it and there are bigger and better plans for you. That's why you're here uh, today doing all the great things you do on top of running 26 Ironman races in, in eight months, which is like you said, that that's crazy. I mean, can you imagine telling somebody, this is your goal for the next eight months? Um, I remember when you told, I remember when you told me and I was like, how, like how, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing myself. I think I had just done my first, First uh, sprint triathlon, and I did the swimming part, and I, it just—it's it, all—it's hard to fathom. Like, what drives you to do those things?
1: Well, when I did that, that was more of an attention getter. Um, it wasn't really <laughs> to obtain to the title, you know, uh, you know a, a a record holder or anything else like that. You know, I've always been in you know i, I it's just I, i've always been gifted with being a, a good athlete being very you know strong will i think um I, I think that's just i think that's either genetics i think uh you know i i just i'm just gifted with that to tell you the truth but i don't want i don't i didn't want the gift to go to a waste. So I kinda used that. I sacrificed my own body, obviously, as a pension getter, who's so what I actually is I raise money, you know, for injured and wounded service members. And that was my biggest thing was right. that I needed to raise money. And I didn't keep one penny of that. It all went to, you know, the Summer Five fund, you know, which assists injured and wounded service members that were coming home. I still have other needs, kind of kinda of like what you do, you know, with the wheelchair accessible um, you know adaptations, whether it's, you yeah. know, new wheelchair
0: Yep, there's a lot of
1: things, you know. needs. Yeah, there's a lot of needs. So, and for me, I was just like, you know what? Uh, like I said, my buddy Eddie, he, he got blown up with RPG. He has, he's missing both his arms. I got blown up with a grenade. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm happy to have all my limbs, my eyesight. My buddy Steve, he got hit in the face with an EFP. He's blind. You know, he's doing great mm. things.
0: You're pretty blessed, uh, despite how horrific it was. So let's do this. Give give people two, one or two pearls of wisdom that they could use to help drive themselves. I mean, I I've already taken a couple notes down. Um, I, I love your idea of being prepared and being ready. You know, two different things, um, it, and you need both. The way you you, ex, you described preparing your the the the, the young man, Reyna. And why is why he needs to be in a certain stance man the, the the details are are what takes you from good to better to best, and I know you 're taking these kids because i i I see all the all the posts and, and and the stuff that goes on about your amazing son who's over at mount Carmel uh kicking kicking rear end and taking names uh in such a special young man because I know that's not all he does. He's extremely talented with woodworking and makes a lot of signs and and helps promote your cause of helping Marines and people around the community, Um, so you've gifted him. He's been gifted with those talents, too, because your talents go far beyond the mat in in running and what you've done uh, because I've seen them in your your kids. So thank you for that. But if you could give anybody a piece of advice – on how to move forward with that tough mindset, what would it be?
1: Yeah, um, there's one thing I say a lot, and and I, I say it in the I say it in the practice room. I tell it to my son all the time. I don't have to it. my son actually repeats it. Um, you know, any kind of we have any kind of any challenges in life, any kind of adversity, any kind of pushback. Um, have you ever heard of that saying? You you know he he or she rose to the occasion, or we rise to the occasion. Have you ever heard that? I have. And I, have, I, did, I may have talked to you about this before. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a load of uh, bull. There's no such thing as that we ride. To magically you know right, get uh, get a bigger get take. right yeah
0: <laughs> no, you're yeah, right and, and you're, you're right, right. I mean, get stronger, it's like yeah. they the old saying they used to say, practice makes perfect, and I disagree perfect practice makes perfect, not just practice, yeah, exactly. right yeah. no, I mean, be- that that goes, in, that, that, goes in the, that goes in the same category, yeah, Michael, I appreciate yeah, your time, I know how busy you are, um ride those kids hard today. I know you will, and I, I know you'll keep educating and making them better. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your service. And when when you get some time, we'll have to uh, definitely get together again. Uh, uh, I'll chase you down. I know where you live. And, uh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch out for that guy in the chair rolling around the streets. I'll, I'll find yeah. you one way or another. But thank you so much, Michael. God bless, and uh, have a great day. All
1: right. Thanks for having me.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Now, word from our sponsors. I appreciate it. Good afternoon. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed listening to Mike Mendoza, a a true hero, an amazing man. Uh, I I hope you took notes. I did. Every time I talk with him, I get... I get my spirit renewed and fired up. I can't say I'm fired up to do 26 Ironman, but maybe one day I'll hit my first one. I've already done a triathlon, a sprint triathlon, and uh, that gets me fired up to do more. I talked about grit. Uh, I have a book I'm in the process of writing called, well, it's about grit. I'm still working on the, the title, but... It's going to have numerous people like Mike Mendoza, uh, Olympians, uh, some everyday people that have fought amazing battles, uh, athletes, uh, para-athletes, para uh, professional bo- ba- basketball, baseball, or football players. So I've got a lot of people that I've talked to about grit, and they give me a little information about grit that's going to be in the book, so I'm excited to put that out, because grit is that... that extra something that separates the most successful people from the rest. It's just that simple. I I talk about self-imposed discomfort and yes, I intentionally push myself till I am not comfortable and it does help prepare you. So that is something that I look at as grit, building grit. And I talk about that in the book, building grit because it, it's the passion, the perseverance, and that stamina that we must channel really in order to stick out our dreams, to overcome these obstacles, that, they, that our dreams become a reality to get through these things. So Mike Mendoza is part, uh, has a part in, in the new book coming out. I appreciate everybody uh, listening to the show. I get excited to do the show. Like I said, please reach out if you have any thoughts or ideas, uh, even a guest idea. We're always interested in providing more inspiration, motivation, and phenomenal stories from phenomenal people. So you guys get outside. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening. God bless.